Welcome to the podcast, Let the Prophet Speak. Today we continue our study of the book of Shmuel Aleph, that is the first book of Samuel. And we continue uh, reading, uh, we are now up to chapter 7. <clears throat> and at chapter 7, uh, in the last few chapters we have learned of the fallacy of placing faith in a, an, an idol or a an item, a physical item. Even whether that item was the um, statue of Dagon for the Philistines, whether it was the Ark of the Covenant for the Philistines when they had it, or the Ark of the Covenant for the Israelites when they had it. To the extent that they put faith in the item, in the thing, they um, ended up suffering unfortunate calamities as a result. Now we will learn from Shmuel, from Samuel, in this week, today's chapter, that um, if one puts his or her, at the pe- or the people put their faith in God and not in the ark, that is when they will be saved. So, we last learned that the ark was in, um, in uh, Beit Shemesh, and the people of Beit Shemesh called the people of Kiryat Yarim, saying that we need to get rid of this. It's causing too much trouble for us. They had uh, 50,000 and 70 people die from it. So we need to put it somewhere appropriate. So the people of Kiryat Yarim came and they raised up. In other words, they brought it from the valley where Beit Shemesh was up to Kiryat Yarim. And they brought it to the house of Avinadav who was on a hill in a high place. And Elazar, his son, Kiddushu, he, um, they... They, they made him holy, holy, meaning, as Rashi explains, making something holy means to set it aside for a special purpose. In this case, they set, they gave Elazar, uh, the, the man, the person, a special uh, assignment, to guard and to take care of and to be the keeper for the Aron, for the Ark of God. By he, and it was, uh, from the day that the Aron, that the ark resided in Kiryat Yarim, many days passed that it stayed there, and it remained there for 20 days, and the people of Israel, they, um, they, the, the best translation for that would be, and they yearned after God, they desired to worship God. Now, uh, Rashi points out that this desire came from the fact that they are now finally being led by Shmuel, by Samuel is the, is the leader, and he is leading the people to follow God. <clears throat> Not to follow the ark, but to follow God. And um, the people are starting to express a desire to find the proper path because of Shmuel's leadership. So, and Shmuel then said to the people of the entire people of Israel, Lamar, as follows: If this is true that with your entire hearts, atem shavim you are returning to God, hasiru et mitochachem. Then what to, to how do you demonstrate this desire to return to God and God alone? You have to get rid of all of these idols that you have. Get rid of all of these foreign gods. From among you, get rid of everything. Viha Ashtarot and the Ashtarot. Ashtarot is um, are the female consorts of the various um, 
uh, Canaanite gods. Uh, it's the same word as Ishtar or Ashtarot are often fertility goddesses. And um, you have to get rid of all that stuff. And then what do you do? And then you have to set your hearts on God. And worship Him alone. This notably, after all these chapters, the ark this, the ark that, the ark, 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 Shmuel says, if you want God, you need to worship Him alone. He doesn't say a word about the ark. And then, then He will save you from the Philistines. If you want to be saved, you must turn your hearts towards God. And the people of Israel listened to Shmuel's advice and they got rid of all of these idols, the Baal idols and the Ashtarot. And they then went and worshipped and served God alone, only God. And Shmuel said, May the entire people of Israel gather at Mitzpah and in other words as a mass a movement a demonstration of loyalty to God and remember this is at mitzvah not at the location where the ark is but we will gather there together at mitzvah mitzvah is a famous place from the book of Joshua and I will, I will then pray uh, on your behalf on the behalf of the people to God and the people gathered at mitzvah and they drew water, and uh, they drew water, and they poured the water before God. Now what is this pouring of water? And uh, here I'm going to rely on the Targum Yonatan, which is raised by Rashi. They poured out their hearts as water before God. Pour out like water. Pour your heart out like water. If whether this, so according to the Targum Yonatan, it doesn't mean necessarily that they drew water, but it means that they poured out their hearts before God, or it could mean that they actually did pour water to to demonstrate and to symbolize pouring their hearts out in humility before God. So this was a symbol of humility before God. Humility being the key to worshiping God. Arrogance being the the flaw which leads to idolatry. The idea that people can control the gods um, is, is the arrogance that leads to idolatry. The idea that humility before God and acceptance of God um, is what brings one close to the, the truth and uh, humility without uh, truth without humility is impossible. And they fasted on that day and they said, Altogether, we have sinned before God by Yishpot Shmuel at Bnei Yisrael by Mitzvah. And Shmuel, this word Shmuel, uh, often the word Lishpot we've been translating as to judge, but as we've seen in the book of Judges of Shoftim and in this book and uh, throughout, that just really just means he led them, he taught them, he led them at Bnei Yisrael, the people of Israel by Mitzvah at Mitzvah. Now, so this Mitzvah was a religious event, a religious gathering, and of course, the Philistines decided to take advantage of this. So, the Philistines heard that all of the people of Israel had gathered at Mitzvah. So, and the chieftains, the uh, heads of the Philistines, came up against the Israelites. They marched to Wajur. They said, we got them all gathered in one spot. Let's take care of them now. And the people of Israel heard and they were afraid. They were scared of the Philistines, especially considering all that they've been through. 
on the, and as we've read in the last few chapters, and the people of Israel said to Samuel, said to Shmuel, um, don't leave us alone. Don't forget about us. Don't forget about crying to God, our God. So that he may save us from the hands of the Philistines. Um, uh, we need your help. Help us. And Shmuel took a, a young lamb. That literally means that it was still a uh, nursing lamb. And he brought it as a complete sacrifice to God. And Shmuel cried out to God on behalf of the people of Israel. And God answered his prayer. Um, the, of note, Shmuel did not ask for the, anyone to go get the ark, but rather he prayed to God. And it happened as Shmuel was bringing the sacrifice to God. And the Philistines were approaching in full battle formation the people of Israel. And God shook them up with a tremendous sound, tremendous noise. By Omahu on that day, I'll push them against the Philistines. And he, he confused them and frightened them and shook them up. And they were struck down before the people of Israel. So through some miracle, they got frightened by this tremendous amount of noise and a stormy noise of some sort. It got them all confused and shook them up, scared them. And they ran. And the, when, once the... This Philistine camp was shaken up. Now the Israelites left Mitzpah in, in, in attack mode. Now that the Philistines were running, they went after them. And they chased after the Philistines. And they struck them down and kept chasing them until they reached um, uh, some place below Beit Kar. Some place. And Shmuel took one stone. And he took it and put it in a place between Mitzvah and Shane. Presumably this was some place where the fighting had been. And he called this the stone of the help, right? And he said, Until, uh, until this point, God has helped us. Right? Now this Evan Ha'azer, this stone of help, is a stone that Shmuel places after the battle as a symbol to commemorate the fact that God has helped us until this point. But if you remember, there was an Evan Ha'ezer that the people relied upon um, before the original battle with the Philistines a few, a few chapters ago, where the Israelites lost terribly and lost a lot of people because they had faith in that stone as a representation of God, and the stone didn't help them. But over here, Shmuel is teaching them that that it's okay to put up a, a, a memorial, something to remind you, something physical to remind you of something that God has done, as long as you don't have faith in that in the past, right? As long as you're not having faith in that item to be some kind of superstitious thing that's going to somehow save you. Only God saves you. And until this point, it has been God that is helping us. Shmuel emphasizes that, not the stone. And the Philistines were subdued. And they no longer breached the borders of the people of Israel to come against them. And the work of the hand of God was against the Philistines. All of the days that Shmuel was in, in, in charge, all of the days that Shmuel was the leader. 
Vatashovna Ha'arim, Asherlakhu, Plishtim Eis Yisrael, and those towns that had been taken by the Philistines from the Israelites were returned, Betli Yisrael, back to the Israelites. Me'ekron Viad Gat, from the city of Ekron to Gat, Viad Kavulan, and their boundaries, Hitzil Yisrael, Miad Plishtim, the people of Israel took back from the Philistines, Vayihi Shalom, Bein Yisrael, Vein Ha'amori, and there was also peace during the time of Shmuel between Israel and another one of their enemies, and that's the Amorites. Vayishpot Shmuel is Yisrael, Kol Yimei Chayav, and Shmuel was the leader of the people of Israel his entire life. V'halach Midei Shana B'Shana, and every year he would go, V'savav Beit El, V'hagigol, V'hamitzvah, and he would travel to these places, Beit El and Gilgal and Mitzpah, to teach, to uh, lead, to uh, uh, bring the people, to inspire them. Vishafat as Yisrael, it's called Eila, and he ruled the people of Israel in all of these places. And then after every year he would make his rounds. This is showing the signs of a good leader, a good leader who goes out to the people, who sees the people where they are, visits them in their towns, but then he would eventually go home to Ramah, which is Kisham Beito, because that's where his house was. This is Ramah, where his, his mother Chana lived, or if you remember, and Elkanah lived. This is where Shmuel's roots were, Visham Shafat es Yisrael, and from there was his seat from which he ruled the people of Israel, even Shamas Be'ach Ladonai, and he built there an altar to God. Remember, since the tabernacle in Shiloh was no longer at having been destroyed, um, at the time when the ark was captured by the Philistines, so now it was considered acceptable to build altars to God in other places until there's eventually going to be another permanent, more permanent home for the for the tabernacle um, or eventually the temple. But since now there was no permanent home, it was okay to build these these altars and and sacrifice on these altars as Samuel had done earlier in this chapter and as Samuel had done now. So this is just a uh, a general review of of Shmuel of Samuel's successful leadership of the people, how he related to the people, the lessons that he taught the people, and this um, pretty much concludes the Shmuel chapter of leadership. Next, we're going to go on to the um, uh, um, Shmuel's. Uh, work on finding a, um, a finding a successor and how the, the leadership is going to pass, who the baton is going to pass from Shmuel. Shmuel is not yet removed from the picture that he still has more to do, but uh, we just summarized his basic leadership. Thank you so much for studying chapter 7. Looking forward to studying chapter 8 and the rest of this book of Shmuel together.